Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Peter Peters story. We continue. You are arguably the most natural fit from athlete intermediate that most of us that have been around the game have seen it just seemed to suit you and one career may have finished when you hung up the boots but the journey was only getting started really most people remember you yeah as, as, a, as a commentator media guy not so much the footballer well you know from the day I left school I was a journalist I was a cadet journalist I was the only male and shorthanded typing school uh, at business college, um, which was wonderful for a young boy growing up. Yes. Um, and 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 my first day at work, I mean, trouble followed me. I'll, I'll never forget. My first job was at a caravan park at Coromel, and I went with my photographer. Um, and my first editor was a uh, was a Russian called Igor Serov, who I would later link up with at Manly at the Manly Daily when I did a column there for thirty years. Um, but my first job was to cover the eviction of a 70-year-old lady from a caravan park at Coromel. And I got there and I did my interview with the lady and the manager of the caravan park came running over and grabbed the camera off my little cameraman and pushed him over. And I said, mate, you can't do that. Um, and just remember, I'm 17. I've just left school. Yep. I'm playing first grade for Wests. And, um, and I said, you can't do that. And I grabbed the camera off him and then he charged at me. And I thought, what do I do here? So I just picked him up and I put him on top of um, an awning, which was canvas, and it collapsed and the tent <laughs> fell down. <laughs> and, uh, and then I looked up and I saw the local television station had the cameras on it. Well, I, by the time I got back to the office, and remember there's no mobile phones in those yeah. days, the, um, the manager had phoned my editor and complained and said he was going to sue and everything else. So as soon as I walked in the door back at the office um, at the Illawarra Mercury, I was summoned to his office and the photographer, lucky enough, was a veteran. He came with me and he said, boss, um, Peter had nothing to do with this. He protected me. He said, I thank him for it. He said the, car- the manager was out of order. He was aggressive um, and he virtually assaulted me. Yeah. And um, anyway, I get home that night and mum always watched the local news. So I walked in and switched it over to Channel 9 in Sydney and she switched it back just in time for her to hear 
Kempers became frayed at a Coromel caravan park today <laughs> and she just looked at me and she said, Peter, I'm going to tell your father. <laughs> My first day at work, trouble. Was it easier or harder for a former player to move into the media in harder. the 70s, was it? Harder, yeah, because, I'm, I mean, I wrote under an assumed name for Rugby League Week. I was Harry Jacobs and, um, and I always had a problem with my teammate Bill Hamilton and um, I used to give points out. It was out of five. I'd always give myself four or five and I'd give him two. And <laughs> Bozo was the only bloke in the team that knew that I was Harry Jacobs. That's brilliant. And he would blow up. We'd always make sure the, the at Rugby League Week was in the dressing room. He'd say, this bloody Harry Jacobs given me two again. Zorba, he loves you. I said, yeah, he does. He said, oh, you journos stick together. Anyway, um, I don't think to this day um, until he maybe hears this or someone tells him about it that um, he knows I was Harry Jacobs. So rugby league players do read the press. Oh, they sure do. Yeah. It wasn't just rugby league, mate. It was cricket. It was boxing. You built from memory a wonderful friendship and relationship as well with the great master blaster, Sir Vivian Richards. Oh, what a man. Um, West Indies first come to Australia and nobody knew anything about them. And I was essentially known for rugby league and the boss said to me, I want you to cover the West Indies. And I said, yeah, sure, I love that because I played cricket in Wollongong. I played first grade cricket. I love the game. Yeah. Um, and um, I used to go to every test match in Sydney, and particularly the first day. I just loved the greenness of the cricket ground and the, yeah. and the sound of the ball on the bat and just the ghosts of the Sydney cricket ground. I couldn't wait to become a member. I couldn't wait to come to Sydney to be able to go there and um, it was the place of dreams for me. And, um, and yeah, uh, Viv, I got on well with Viv because I elected to go into the West Indies camp rather than stay with the Australians. And I remember um, the first test match was in Perth and um, the Australians stayed at Scarborough and I stayed with um, the West Indies in the city. And um, Viv and I got on well and, um, and of course, he was very shy when he first came here. Really? Because he was unknown and hadn't been out of Antigua, tiny island in the West Indies, and he was – he was virtually unknown when he came here. And we just got on well, that well that we had a bet um, in the first test in um, in uh, in Perth that if Australia beat the West Indies, then he would piggyback me from the Wacker to the hotel. Uh, but if the West Indies beat Australia, I would piggyback him. So the West Indies beat Australia. Roy Fredericks got 100 um, and Viv starred. And um, anyway, I piggybacked him to the hotel. That sort of got me to break the ice with the rest of the team. I bet. And they had, like Lance Gibbs was in that side and he was very militant. Mm. Um, Clive, Clive Lloyd was the captain and wow. uh, it was just a dream team. And yep. Whispering Death, nobody had heard of. Michael Holding, Van Bernholder, um, the uh, uh, Keith Walcott, uh, brother of the great uh, Clive Walcott, yep. the three Ws. Um, he was... Uh, he was uh, the manager of the side. Tony Cozier was a young journo. And um, there was a meeting after the first test and uh, they had it in the hotel 
And uh, Viv said, you come to the meeting. I said, I can't come to your meeting. He said, yes, you can. Come in with me. Mm. So I go to the meeting and I walk out of it. The team they, meeting. Team meeting, yeah, and they wow. are threatening to go home. So I've come out of the meeting with the best story of the tour and no one else has got an inkling of it. And I walk out of the meeting and all the journos have got wind of it and they said, Zorba, what's happened? And I said, read about it on the front page in about two hours. And they said, more money or we're going home. And that was my first front page cricket story. And the boss just congratulated me, old Jack Tier, back in Sydney. Um, and um, it um, it gave me um, a friendship with Viv that um, we rekindled every time he came out here. And um, I feel privileged to have watched him from day one. What a batsman. Wow. What a fieldsman. What a person. Um, he wasn't shy second and third time he came back, yeah. I'll tell you. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. It wasn't just the cricket, the boxing. You were legendary promoter Bill Morty's Ugh. go-to guy at ringside uh, for simply a wonderful period in Aussie boxing. What a man. Yeah. You know, you, you talk about people that make changes to your life. Um, I could write a book on my period in time with Bill Morty. Yeah. But, you know, he he made boxing in Australia, as you well know. I mean, he, he pioneered – um, the satellite TV into yep. hotels when it was a dream. Um, Jeff Fennick became a household name and a three times world boxing champion. Um, I'll never forget Bill sitting down um, with the promoters from America and um, Don King was there and he said, Bill, he said, uh, one thing we're going to have to do is work out um, what commentary team we have, and Bill said it's a no-brainer. He said, Zorba's my comment- commentator, you can have who you like, uh, but Zorba's going to be my end commentator yep. and he will do every bo- boxing world title fight that I'm involved with with you. And he said, oh, we'll have to discuss that. And Bill said, well, if we have to discuss it, I'm leaving the room. There's nothing to discuss. So he just told Don King that I was his commentator. And There's I was, loyalty. and there it was. You got to travel extensively with Bill and Jeff. Yeah, I did, and um, it was amazing. I did most of the fights in Australia, which I loved. Um, You know, the Sydney Entertainment Centre was alive. Yeah. And who's who in Australian sport was always there, including Kerry Packer. Um, Boxing was really alive, and and Kerry loved it. And the first title fight that Bill um, had arranged was at – it was at the um, it was at the Horden Pavilion, and it was Jeff Fennick versus Samayar Payakaroon. That's right. Yeah. Who was from Thailand, and he was pound for pound supposedly one of the best fighters mm. in the world. Well, he came to Australia, and Bill's cut of the purse was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And Bill said, because Bill's a great punter and fearless. Yes. Fearless. A lot of money. A lot of money in. The late 80s. Yeah, huge. A lot of money. And uh, Bill said, I'm going to put the money on Jeff. I said, Bill, you can't do it. I said, you've got bills to pay. You've got people to pay for this fight. 
I said, no, you can't do it. I said, nothing's a certainty in sport. You know that. I said, it'd be just your luck. He said, but he's a certainty. I said, I don't know about that. I said, I hope he is. But anyway, who could take that bet? Well, he rung Packer up. Packer said, yeah, sure. Well, Packer was smiling from ear to ear. It didn't last too long, the fight. Jeff put him away. He went back. Payakaruna was a hero when he left. He went back and had to go into a monastery. He was that humiliated. Amazing stuff. And Jeff went on and on. And, um, you know, it was Johnny Lewis's introduction to Australia as a great uh, boxing trainer. And the fruits of today that boxing is enjoying uh, is all behind Bill Morty. But as a punter, he would scare me. I love punting. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I mean, Bill, Bill was just fearless and and he uh, he uh, nothing was uh, was too frightening for him Hollywood and Zorba yourself and Greg Hartley the decibel duo so similar but so different as well the combination it worked and it succeeded and actually from my opinion from my seat it revolutionized how rugby league was commentated prior to that commentary had very much been straight up and down yeah player Smith passes to to Jones or the seven passes to the six. You guys added theatre, emotion and passion to the game. We did and it was different and it took a while to catch on. Once it did, it took off and suddenly a few hours became six hours and Rugby League Saturday and Sunday on 2GB allowed the station to move from, say, number three, to a runaway number one because it went on the weekend ratings suddenly soared um, and the revenue coming into the station uh, was recognised by management and suddenly Rugby League was big, bigger than it had ever been. Like Frank wow. Hyde had dominated on 2SM but it wasn't to the extent, it wasn't the length of time that 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 we had on air and quite frankly, Andy, we had to entertain for mm. six hours. You can't be six hours on there just talking rugby league and being bland. Mm. We had to. We we just clashed in certain ways. I played, I played the villain more than Greg. Greg, Greg, um, Greg would make mistakes, and I'd have to cover. So, I thought probably the best way out. And Richard Fisk, who put us together. Um, he'd come from Melbourne and Melbourne was big on Aussie rules and their commentary down yep. there and um, he pinched the concept uh, from Melbourne and um, we ran with it and eventually everyone went the same way. You said it worked eventually. Was there some resistance or objections initially with the being over the top, being characters, not just commentators? Anything that's different yeah. causes causes different People to say, oh, no, I don't like that or I love it. Mm. And I suppose it was part of Hollywood and Zorba. You either loved us or you hated us. Mm. But, you know, I wouldn't mess around with talkback callers. If somebody came on and complained, I'd say, well, it's easy for you. I said, I'll do you a favour now and cut you off, but you can turn it to another dial. Turn it to somewhere else. Go away. And did you they, really? I did. And um, nobody had done that before. Um, and the bosses loved it and they wanted more of it and the six hours Saturday and Sunday suddenly um, was astronomical for ratings and I think it was eight years in a row that we were number yeah. one and then I got this um, amazing offer to go to um, to um, 
2KY in those days, which is Sky Sports Radio mm. today, where you and I worked together yep. um, for many years. Um, it um, it was probably the wrong decision, but for me to be offered more than the Prime Minister of the country was getting um, to call Breakfast Radio uh, for something that I had no idea of um, and to be thrust into that against someone like Alan Jones and to do quite well um, was amazing. I remember my first day um, was... Uh, uh, was the start of the uh, of the war in um, in Iraq, and I didn't even know where it was. I mean, I knew what part of the world yeah. it was, but if I had to pinpoint it, I couldn't have told you. And um, and I uh, uh, I'll never forget. Um, I said, "Get me a map of the world," and they came in with a globe, and oh, I had to look at that. Geez. And then suddenly, um, up on the screen came uh, um, came on the monitor. Um, that we had um, we had a contact in actually in Iraq at the time, and um, I uh, as Peter Harvey, who's working there for uh, for wow. Channel Nine, and uh, Danny Widler, who's uh, Channel Nine's um, um, top rugby league writer today, was uh, was one of my cadets, and I put him on as um, as part of the team on the on the breakfast program. So he'd got Peter Harvey up. And uh, and I and I knew nothing about the war. I said, Peter, can you describe uh, what the uh, what the situation is? He said, What the situation is? He said, It's a war. And I said, I said, Where are you? He said, I'm in a hotel. He said, Hold on. He said, I'll hold the phone up to the window, and you could hear the bombs going off. And CNN had only just recently started and this made CNN because the world was getting live pictures out of out of the bombing that was going on in Baghdad wow. and um, I'll never forget um, he 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 continued the interview and I struggled because as I said I was coming out of sport into general yeah. and uh, and I knew a little bit about what was going on there but you know he's throwing names up and and um and 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 then he um he arranged an interview for me with a guy called I'll never forget it Tarak Aziz now if you google him he was the he was the right hand man of Saddam Hussein oh. and on my first morning on air I'm talking to him live but I don't know what to talk, ask him about so I then go back to Peter Harvey and I say Peter thanks very much for being on I said look this is um this is my first day at work on the breakfast show. Can you just do me a um, uh, just do me a typical? And you know how he used to sign off, Peter Harvey, Canberra. That's is how he used to sign yes. off. I said, can you do Peter Harvey for the Zorba Brecky show? He said, who? And I could hear clunk, and he hung up. <laughs> that was my first morning on breakfast. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. 
galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. It was an amazing period of Australian radio. Oh, was it was. It was, and, um, you know, to be up against Alan Jones, and I, uh, I uh, you know, I've got fond memories of it um, because it was different for me, mm. and I grew into it. Um, and then a political scene happened where I took probably 19 or 20 people from 2GB out to 2KY at Parramatta, mm. and, um, and then they realised they were paying me too much. But one of my best mates, who is a uh, Supreme Court judge today, um, Jeffrey Bellew, uh, drew up my contract. And I said to him, I said, mate, is my contract watertight? He said, absolutely. He said, uh, let them try and sack you. He said, there's no way. He said, you'll take them to the cleaners. I said, okay. Uh, so I just defied them and then they, they ended up moving me to uh, afternoons and then tried to uh, uh, threaten to sack uh, all the people that I employed. And I said, well, for the Labor station to do that won't look good mm. on the front page of the Telegraph and I've got contacts to make sure that happens. So we all survived but it was only a matter of time and my contract ran out and the party was over but it was great fun. The love of your life is family and you Dear wife. Yep. Then the Sea Eagles. Yep. Because that is a love. Here it is. You remain close to the club for decades in many different positions, officially and or unofficially. It never died, that love affair, did it? No. Or has it? Yeah. No, it hasn't. No. And I mean, even today, um, you know, back in 2000, when the club was struggling, I mentioned to my nephew, Scott Penn, that the club would soon be up for sale and mm. privatise. And, and Scott just said then and there, he said, I want to be part of it. And, um, well, today he's the major shareholder yep. and has been for a long time. And uh, Cassie, my beautiful wife, um, I got hit in the backside with a rainbow when I met her. Yes. And, um, and I, um, you know, her family uh, owned the team. So it's, yeah. it's great for me to, um, to have that association. I don't interfere with it in any way anymore. Mm. I don't have a say in anything, uh, but my opinion is often asked for and I'll give it. Mm. And um, I love the club. I'm lucky to have, um, um, you know, played there during a golden era where we won premierships in in the 70s, in 72, 73, 76, 78. Mm. I'll never forget it. Um, my Two best mates on the planet, Ken Arthurson and Bob Fulton, were very much part of the joyride yeah. that I was on in every way. Um, I've seen players come to the club, grow into from schoolboys into uh, internationals at the top of their tree in their game. And to me, that is the journey that I love to yeah. watch. And yeah. there's a kid called Josh Schuster there now who I've been looking at for four years I saw him first play when he was 15 and um, he's got the makings of a 200-game player and he is the closest player in his position when he gets to 5'8", to Wally Lewis in size and skill mm. that I've seen. Does that give you joy playing a mentoring role, even if it's an unofficial role, but to, to be playing a mentoring role with these kids and there have been hundreds of them over the decades, does that bring you joy? Oh, the ones that I've been associated yeah. with that I have, uh, absolutely. And I always said to them, the one thing I said to them is don't get starstruck by all this. Yep. Have a look at the most successful people in the club that we have around us mm. and you cling to them like zoo, like glue. Mm. Don't, don't cling 
to the fly-by-nighters that claim they've got money. People that claim they've got money usually don't. Yep. And I said, stick to the ones that are quiet, mm. that can take you on a journey after football because it doesn't last that long. And some have taken notice, others haven't, you know. And I, um, it breaks my heart to see some of them fall on hard times when they were spending money like it was water. You know, it was um, just a throwaway for them. The club on and off the field has had a number of very strong, maybe headstrong characters over the years. There has always been robust debate, verging on arguments on more so off the field. Is that just part of the success that is Manly, that people want so much and expect so much that they won't settle for less? Yeah, I I, I have to say, though, that... um from around about um, 2001 through until the present time, we have had more one and two out of ten CEOs that I would rate mm. one or two out of ten mm. uh, than we've had CEOs that have rated six or more. Yeah. And currently we're in good hands with Stephen Humphreys, who I think the world of. Yep. And I think if he's allowed to do his job, which I think he will be by the Penn family and the board, then they will have successful years ahead. They've got brilliant juniors coming through. They yep. just won the Matthews Shield. They got beaten in the um, in the um, Jersey flag. Yep. Oh, sorry, SG Ball. SG Ball, yeah. Yeah, um, 20 to 18 by the, by the eventual winners, Illawarra. Um, who led 18 nil and um, beat Manly 20 to 18. So they've got some great kids coming through. And if they stick with them, um, I think they'll be very successful and let Stephen um, run the club. Um, and um, I think they'll be in good hands. You've been mates with Bozo for 50 plus years. I'll put your friendship to the test now. Is he the best you've seen on a field? Absolutely. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I. I played with and against some great players and seen some wonderful players right through to the modern era. Mm. Um, but, you know, Bozo's, Bozo was consistently the best. Um, you know, if you needed to try, you'd score it. Um, he was a great leader. He was a great thinker, great student of the game. Um, he was fitter than everybody else yep. before they were. Um, he was on 50,000 when everyone else was on 15,000. Um he never played reserve grade in his life. Um, he uh, he captained his club. He captained his state. He captained his country. He coached. He coached his uh, city. He was captain coach of city um, when he was twenty years of age. Wow. Um, he, uh, he he uh, he captained Australia. Yep. He coached Australia. Yeah. So there's not much more you can do. But mm. you know, I mean, Raper was wonderful. Gaznier, I saw at the end of his career. Um, I didn't see Churchill play, um, but for his size and for what he achieved, he was wonderful. Mm. The four great immortals. Um, I remember working at Rugby League Week when that went on and um, to be able to stand there and watch them in all their glory in yeah. their uh, green and gold. And we told them when the photo shoot would be and they got fit for it and they were so proud. It was a sparkling day, and to be on that ground that I loved mm. to be there as the cameramen um, took those shots was something special. What's your involvement in the game in 2021, or are you simply a passionate spectator? Um, 
I still commentate on Sky Sports Radio mm. on Sunday mornings. I um, I still have contact with um, all my journo mates. Um, I still do little bits in um, Radio New Zealand. Yep, uh, where um, where Hollywood and Zorba had had a great following. Mm. Um, we called test matches over there and. Uh, had the privilege of actually calling it for uh, 1ZB and it went to Parliament over there. Uh, uh, Y1ZB, the um, New Zealand number one government station, was using a couple of Aussie callers and um, it created a lot of uh, headlines over there back in uh, back in the 80s. We called uh, – I called the first state of origin with Ray Warren um, and to be there and uh, and watch origin evolve was wonderful. Is the game headed in the right direction? Um, I think we're getting back there. I'd like to see more done in the country areas because yes. I played in the country. I yep. I love the country and I love the opportunity for country kids to come and play in the city. We've got to do more about making them feel more at home when they do come. Yep. Uh, I don't like to see suddenly a boy come from the bush and thrust into it uh, and they're living away from home. Um, I was lucky enough to live... Um, with family when I first came to Sydney to play and it was a great benefit. I would hate to have been, um, you know, billeted it out to a family that I didn't know. Um, and I know lots of players have done that and I just couldn't have done it. In a relationship with the greatest game of all for over half a century, you've said what you meant and you've meant what you've said. Not many, if any, can say that. And whilst we've only scratched the surface on your careers and involvement and associated stories, it has been an absolute pleasure. Peter Peters, you, sir, are a legend. Thanks, Andy. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series is a deep dive, not only into the athlete, but the man behind. Celebrating successes, dealing with failures and turning obstacles into challenges. It drops at the start of the week. On the weekly watch, hear up to a dozen of the game's finest on any one episode, both former and current players. We talk footy, have a laugh as well, segments, specials and special guests. It's the perfect way to kick off your footy weekend and simply the best rugby league podcast going. Make sure you're following us on our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. That way you won't miss a thing. Make sure you come back soon, legends.